Have you been hitting the books and listening to lectures all day? It's time to relax, to unwind, and listen up. This is Brooke from Campus Chronicles, your go-to podcast for everything student life. No matter where you are in your academic journey, we have you covered. Think of us as a trusted mentor, friend, and confidant who always has your back. We'll be sharing inspiring stories, thought-provoking insights, and practical advice to help you succeed in and out of the classroom. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited about the episode that we have planned for you today because we have an absolutely amazing and wonderful student to speak to you here. She is from the University of Chester and her name is Nicole Hazlitt. Nicole, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you so much for having me. I think I am just so excited to talk to you. We've been speaking here on this podcast to a wide and diverse range of experts about so many topics that touch student and campus and university life. But it's so different and so exciting for me to talk to a student, to truly hear it from you. So as we get started and as we learn more about your perception of university, can you give me the Cliff Notes version of who you are? Like the two minute, this is my major and this is how long I've been in university. So I currently study acting at the University of Chester. I started this September, actually. So I'm a first year and I'm really enjoying it. I've, I think coming to university, I've really found what I like in my degree and I've found what like I kind of want to further pursue, which is really nice because I think going from A-levels at my high school, I think I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I chose acting, I thought, yeah, this is, this is really cool. And then, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'll be completely honest. A lot of people don't know what they want to do. And that for me was something that was a really profound challenge is I was actually a lot of the way through my degree when I found out, oh goodness, this isn't the type of life that I really envisioned for myself. I think there's this huge disconnect when you're coming from high school, especially if you're advanced, as you're mentioning, doing A-level classes. There's this disconnect between doing coursework and living in the real world and making sure that the degree and the thing that you're choosing would actually coincide with the type of lifestyle that you want. So in the case of acting, you're probably very multi-passionate. You're probably willing to have a very, very flexible schedule. And for somebody that's quite type A, that's very tactical, that wouldn't work for them. So it's all about fitting it to your lifestyle. But I don't think we do a good job in terms of preparing our high school students for that reality. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on the Isle of Man. So I think that kind of close-knit community was able to like, I think it kind of shaped who I was and able to guide me to where I need to be. And we had quite a big like arts scene in my high school. And I don't know, it just really inspired me. And I thought, yeah, this is the kind of path I want to go down. So when you're saying arts community, you've been doing acting before. What is it about acting that draws you and lets you know that it's not only a hobby, it's a career? 
because that's such a distinct difference. And I remember when I made it for myself too, in a very similar field. Yeah, well, I've always loved like the arts and dancing and singing and performing and just being on stage and being able to spend so much time on a project and then show it to other people. And I thought like for a while I wanted to do um I wanted to do cinematography and, and media. And then I had a phase where I wanted to do music production. And and then I thought I did my A levels. I got a good grade in drama. And I thought, you know what, I wanna give it a give acting a shot because I think it's something I'd really enjoy because I always really enjoy watching like the behind the scenes of like films and watching all like the the blooper reels and how things are made and like the way they're filmed and with my course I get to do the behind the scenes and in front of the camera as well as theatre so it really like I think what stood out to me that I wanted it more as a career than a hobby is that it's something I'm really passionate about and really ready to kind of take more seriously. Mm, I love that. Because so often we see this narrative of like the starving artist, right? It's this narrative that people that are following their passion and doing something that they really, really love can't be outwardly or financially stable or successful. And I think in so many ways, that image and perception stops people from going into the arts and stops them from pursuing the things that set their soul on fire. So how did you, I guess, was there any stigma? in terms of choosing your major or was everyone wholly supportive? I've got a very supportive family. So I think when I told them, they were like, they know I'd give it my best shot. And they know that if I'm doing it, I must enjoy it and I must really love it and want to go for it. And I think I've always kind of, they've always kind of known that I was going to go into a creative job. And so I think as a whole, that was very safe. I obviously... In the arts, we all get the passing comments of like, oh, find a proper job or, oh, do, aren't you going to do something else? Or like, you know, there's always those little things that kind of bring us down. But I think it's just if you're passionate enough in your subject and you feel comfortable enough in yourself and what you want to do, I think it's those type of people that just can fuel you in order to, to kind of succeed. Absolutely. So you mentioned your tight-knit community and you mentioned that you have a fantastic family. That is such a hard transition going from living with your parents to, I assume in your case, living alone. How did you navigate that? And what advice would you give to other incoming university students or simply just people that struggle with that? Because in my case, I'm very interconnected and it's very, very hard for me to be without a strong sense of community. I am really lucky in the sense that I actually live in this flat with my boyfriend, who's currently a university student too. So I've gone from, we were away from each other last year, but together, like we're together this year, which is really nice. And he gives that sense of normal, right? Yeah. But in a sense of going away from my family, I'm an only child. So going away from my mom and dad and my family who, when I was living at home, I'd see every single Saturday. So I think coming away from that, it just like, it's very, it was very hard at the beginning, but I think just learning to cope with it and see like the excitement of going back home and the excitement of FaceTiming them and like joining in with the traditions, but in a different way, like I was able to go home 
the other weekend for a family event, which is like a really big tradition in our family. And I was able to go home for that. And I was very grateful that I did. And like, I think it's just coming away from, from the like tight knit family community and then coming to the UK and being almost by myself, you kind of appreciate more what you have at home. Mm, that power of gratitude is really what you're saying. Yeah. And you probably had to grip onto it to cope in a different way than you did at home because you never wake up if you, you know, you're living with your mom. You know how moms are. They just do the nicest things. You don't really acknowledge it or notice it. And then you're not living with mom. You're like, oh gosh, this would be so nice right now. Or if you're sick or you're not feeling well, you have a cold. Oh gosh, it would be so nice to have mom. And so what I'm hearing you say is you intentionally leaned into that gratitude. What other things did you do to cope or help in those first weeks and months that probably really troubled you? Um, well, I FaceTime my parents a lot and I'm always keeping them up to date. I'm always, if I'm doing something cool in my class, I'll send them a picture of it. If like something, I do something that's really like, in my mind, adult, like I've I send them a picture of it or I, I tell them about it when I call them. If you do some laundry, you take a picture. Yeah, look, at, I always send them a picture of my food. Like, oh my gosh, I just made this. I'm like, look at this. Or like, I decorate a new part of my flat and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, You're keeping a close sense of community and hopefully finding a community at the university as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think like at the start, the transition from... I guess high school or if you've done a gap yet I think the transition from wherever you've come from to university is huge but I think it's just like seeing the positivity in what you're doing and the fact that like you're here for a reason I guess is what I'm trying to say like the transition can be huge but you've just got to learn to kind of cope with it and find the happiness in what you're doing and like just take it day by day and if like it doesn't work out, then at least you've tried it and at least you've given up your all. I love that you said the word transition because I don't think we always do a good enough job of preparing ourselves for transitions. And we see that a lot with going to university. We see that a lot with like, for example, getting married. You'll have, you know, I'm at the age where people will text me. They'll be like, oh goodness, this is way harder than I thought. And I think that so many people neglect to talk to their their students or their children or acknowledge the feelings of yes there's tremendous excitement in going to university but there's a grief for what you leave behind as well so there's there's a big mix of those emotions how did you handle that yeah I mean kind of thinking well they're there and I'm here but I've just got to make the best of what I'm doing and I think also Kind of finding new things to do in Chester whilst I'm at university really helped and like kind of finding my place. So I've joined the cricket society. So I played cricket on a women's team and I train with a men's team as well. So I think finding a sense of community where you are always helps. And also with the acting class that I'm in, we're all um, it's turned into quite a like close-knit group of people. And I think just finding your people at university and finding friends that make you feel comfortable and make you feel happy and, you know, you can have a laugh with them is just really important 
for the transition because if you come over and you go to university and it's all unfamiliar and you know everything's just really like scary and and you're anxious then probably not going to find what you know you hope to look for but if you just kind of accept you know I'm here okay let me look around what can I do that can make me feel more comfortable then I've found my cricket society I found really good friends in my class and we all have a really good laugh at university and it's all just really like quite comfortable to be now Mm -hmm. and I love what you're saying about your acting community because so often when we have similar values as other people we have similar interests it's so easy to glue together because you have those same perception of life I suppose is what I would say so I want to shift into a conversation about your studies because that's another major challenge for students is this work-life balance, the balance between getting good grades and being healthy emotionally and socially. Were you surprised by the amount of work? My university, I think, did a really good job within the first few weeks of kind of easing us in. So like we had four-week period where we did kind of transition things, where we did like one week was improv and one week was, oh, I, can't, I think one week we made a podcast and like all of those sort of things where we kind of eased into like, this is the type of thing you're going to be doing. And then it started that next Monday and it was like, right, let's get into the proper stuff. And now I have a routine and like all my classes that I go to. And yeah, I've got, I think I've got five different modules happening right now. So it is a lot of work and there's a lot to focus on and it's all kind of a lot at once but I think just I'm just trying to stay on top of it right now and trying to find ways to fit different bits of work into my free time. And I think for acting as a complete side note it takes a lot of emotional strength to do some sorts of creative work so kudos to you for managing that much. I love the phrasing of mental strength. Because I know for me, there are certain things that drain my mental health and deplete it. And there are certain things that reactivate my mental health and my mental strength. And one of those things that really reactivates it is turning off my cell phone. Because that constant ding of notifications, especially when you work or when you're at school, or perhaps even if you do both, it can be really hard to stomach after a while. And overstimulation is real. Are there things or strategies that you use that can be very small to replenish your mental strength? I'm very into my podcasts at the minute and I'm very into, if I'm moving from one place to another, I'll either listen to a podcast or I'll listen to my music on the bus on the way to uni or I will just have a nice sit and just say I get in from a, like a, a long day of classes or just sit and just watch my favorite show and just have a nice like breather for a moment you can just be mindless I like to watch uh, princess movies like Disney princess movies so completely mindless things I love that you mentioned art again through listening to music because for so many people music is a creative outlet that can really replenish their soul now on the things that deplete your soul are there things that you try to keep to a minimum that you know deplete you, that take you away from feeling refreshed and reinvigorated and healthy? Social media, 
as much as it's like as much as it has its really good side I think also spending too much time scrolling through what other people are doing can really take away from what you're doing personally like it can really I guess focusing on other people and comparing yourself to other people can really take away all the positive feelings you have for yourself and all the respect you have for yourself so I think I try to limit my time on social media and try to kind of take myself away from that and do things that kind of build me up more rather than that deplete I love that phrasing respect for yourself because I think that prioritizing our emotional wellness prioritizing ourselves and what we feel and what we feel in the moment even listening to our intuition that's all a sign of high self-respect and high self-perception and when we don't have that like you're saying, if we're spending so much time on social media that we no longer have the same cultivation of respect, we're going to struggle. How do you, I suppose, cultivate your self-respect? I love that phrasing. I always, I try to be influenced by the things that are going to help me rather than hinder me. So if I see something that I like on social media or I like that I see around me just out in the wild if you if you will like you've got to kind of instead of go oh I like that I'm going to copy that I think it's just taking what you're influenced by and making it your own putting your own spin on it instead of like copying or like kind of trying to alter who you are from what you're influenced by I think keeping your self-respect is just if you have if you're having negative thoughts or you're stressed, just thinking, you know what, like I'm trying my best and just having respect for yourself, like you would another person. If you see them struggling, you think, Oh, you know, I, I really feel for them. It's having that same mindset with yourself and thinking, Okay, yeah, this is stay's been hard, but it's just like taking a spin on that and thinking, you know, what? I've tried my best and it's all gonna be okay. It's that increasing of self-compassion. Because just like you mentioned, we don't look at other people walking down the street or in your class or in your flat and say, you know, oh gosh, she's failing at everything. That's not rarely, if ever, something we think. And yet we turn that on ourselves so often. If you were going to give university students one or two pieces of advice, what do you think you would say to them? And I know that's a hard question, so I'll give you a minute here. Probably my main point would be don't be too hard on yourself. Like coming to uni is a huge step, whether you're, you've just finished your A-levels, whether you've taken a gap year or whether you're a mature student. Coming to uni and going to university or college is a big step. And I think it's just reminding yourself that it's all going to turn out okay if you put the work in and you put the effort effort in and you just think positively and I think it is a huge step for everyone however it's just having the confidence to put yourself out there and to just accept that you're there and think how can I make this the best experience I have because most cases it's only three years you've only got three years of university to cram a whole degree in, which if you think about it, to me, that's crazy. 
that timeline for such a big thing can seem daunting. But I think it's just taking it step by step and just trying your hardest. I love that. And I think, too, that we have normalized university and college. Not that it shouldn't be normalized. It should be. But in some respects, we've taken away the magic of how exciting is it that you can pursue higher education. For women, if we read historically, that was not always the case for us. And I think as a society and a culture, we need to reinstate some of that excitement and that magic and that fun and that joy surrounding it. It's something you get to do. It's not something that you have to do. I feel like we have had so many exciting, just little nuggets of wisdom. It felt exactly like I was hoping, just two great friends talking. And I think that a lot of what you shared is very applicable for men and women who are going into university for the first time, but even people who may have gone home for the summer or for a break and are struggling with that transition back because it doesn't ever truly go away, right? Transitions are always hard. They might get easier, but they're always going to bring us a challenge. And I think that your wisdom does a beautiful job of just painting that picture and normalizing some of those struggles that people go through. Nicole, thank you so much for being with me here today. I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you for joining me on Campus Chronicles. I hope you found our discussion informative, inspiring, entertaining, and fun. We are always working hard to make sure that our episodes are the very best they can be, which means we need your help. If you liked what you heard, remember to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a review. It helps us to connect with more students who are hungry for success. And remember, the journey never stops. Keep listening, keep learning, keep growing. See you next week for another amazing episode of Campus Chronicles.